Stem Cells at Lunch Digested is brought to you by the Centre for Stem Cells and Regenerative Medicine at King's College London. Hi Gemma, thanks for joining us for Stem Cells at Lunch Digested. It's a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so for inviting me. <laughs> can you introduce yourself and tell us all about Science Disrupt? Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, so my name is Gemma. Um, I'm co-founder of an organisation called Science Disrupt. Um, my other fun- founder is Lawrence uh, Yolland. He's a, he's a PhD researcher also working with Kings and UCL. Um, but anyway, uh, Science Disrupt is a, a media and a network organisation. Um, we're set up to, to promote and to help connect innovators, iconoclasts, entrepreneurs, all working on creating change in science. So we actually have a, a weekly podcast, kind of similar to, to you guys. Um, we also do online editorial. Uh, we run events every six weeks in London um, on various different topics like the future of health or the future of energy or disrupting the lab or science communication, anything around how we change the way we actually do science. Um, and we also run an online network um, that has about 600 scientists, entrepreneurs, people who work for the government, VCs, all collaborating together to, to try and make science a better place, really. So what, do, what motivated you to create Science Disrupt? Um, sure. So I think, I mean, as most things, I guess, tend to be motivated by, it's normally by frustrating conversations that you're having with people and then have, feeling this need to try and do something about it. So um, Lawrence and I, Lawrence's background, as I mentioned, is as a scientist. Um, my background is kind of journalism, advertising, banking, startups. I've kind of got a bit more of a, a media and tech background, but um, I, I did maths at university, so I still have that sort of science uh, focus. And we used to just have these big, long conversations about how much we loved science, but how frustrated we were with certain aspects of it. So to begin with, my frustrations more came from the sort of communication of science, um, the sort of the publishing industry in science, the, the whole sort of open data and open open science uh, stuff. And whereas Lawrence was coming at it more from the day-to-day struggles of being a researcher and kind of what that meant, um, the sort of the siloed nature of research to an extent, um, the difficulties of being a, uh, doing a PhD. So we just used to chat away about it and then um, eventually we decided, okay, we like hearing the sound of our own voice clearly, so let's start a podcast, interview some of the people who are actually going out and trying to make these changes. Um, and then we could sort of try and get rid of the, some of the taboos around being critical of science by talking openly about it. Um, so we started releasing some podcasts and suddenly a lot of people started getting in touch and saying, can we meet up with you guys or could you run an event so that I can meet other people who are into this sort of thing? And we realised that there wasn't really existing a community um, around this space, so we thought we should just create it. Um, so, yeah, it kind of came from a place of frustration but also optimism at the opportunity that there is with all the challenges that science has. So do you have you also interacted with students, like younger students at A-level or that kind of age range? Um, I, I do, in my own work, I'm a journalist, is my day job, so I do a lot of going out and talking about why science is amazing or why maths is amazing or why studying STEM is brilliant, technology, so on and so forth. Um, so yes, to an extent, but with Science Disrupt, I think our focus is more on sort of PhDs and up and then everyone who's in industry. So it's kind of, we kind of look at it as the industry of science or the ecosystem that is science. Of course, education is a massive part of that, but we kind of see there's a lot of really great stuff going on in terms of education um, and uh, it's not really our forte so we're more looking at things like science startups um, people trying to change the way we do peer review for instance um, people who have different ways of running universities um, it's kind of starting at the research stage and talking about getting stuff out of labs 
but of course, you know, there's a there's big changes happening in the education ecosystem, and I I you know I know of a few younger people who listen to the podcast just because they want to hear from you know a guy who has a quantum computing startup or someone who's working on DNA editing because it's inspiring and because it's a real world application as opposed to. I don't know, sitting in physics class and hearing about the Doppler effect. Instead, you can read about self-driving cars or hear about the innovations that, I don't know, Elon Musk is doing. In some ways, I find having these real stories of real people making this change and actually going about doing stuff can be more inspiring than teaching a lesson or, or, or hearing about something in theory. I totally agree. One thing that bothers me sometimes is when I'm trying to read science on a field that is not my field of research, I find it so hard. So I wonder how much effort are you planning on putting on maybe breaking those barriers and enable people to just be able to talk science mm. in a more general mm. way. Um, I, can, I literally could not agree more. Um, I actually did a TEDx talk on how we should make science more open and better communicated. And a big part of that I was saying was, you know, there's all these papers that almost have ideas locked up and that unless you can speak the language of the paper or you or I mean or you physically have access you can pay to get past the, the paywall or whatever but in terms of sort of the translation of it unless you can you can properly understand what's going on it's not like you can use that knowledge for any use and it's such a shame there must be hundreds of thousands of papers published every single year that the aren't being used it's something like 50% of papers are only read by the person who wrote them and the person who published them I mean that to me is just a massive waste in terms of what we're doing our focus is more on promoting the people who are making those change rather than doing the translation we don't really work in that space um, but we've interviewed plenty of people for our podcast and had them speak at our events and we try and help them move forward people who are creating tools that make it easier for for translation like Sparrow for instance or or people who are looking at more of the sort of machine learning elements of reading papers and then translating them um, so it's certainly an area we're really passionate about and I, I think there's a lot of change happening though I think there's a lot of cool stuff happening in the space of science communication there's a lot of questionable stuff happening in science communication um, I, we can be quite critical about it but I think the whole turning what's happening in science less of a lesson and more kind of education so look at things like How To Academy or Intelligence Square the events they run in London every I mean almost every night it's kind of like going to the theatre, except you're going to hear from a scientist talking about their research. And it's done in a way that's engaging, it's entertainment. It's not like going and sitting in a classroom. Um, so I'm, I'm all for more of that kind of engagement and more of that kind of excitement with the public um, and really trying to unlock some of this exciting stuff. Because, I mean, one of the things I always say is, like, think about all these entrepreneurial people, all these innovators working on Instagram for your hamster. And that's difficult to build these things and you have to have some level of skill in coding or in business or in commercialization to be able to bring some of these ideas to fore. Imagine all those people working on those things instead we're working on trying to get some stuff out of the lab into the real world and I think a lot of the time it's just a translation thing it's that people who are building digital products will look at biology and go well, I don't know anything about biology why would I think to do a startup in biology or why would I think to you know, try and create something in that space. So that's kind of more where we're coming from, if that makes sense. Then, yeah, it sounds great. <laughs> so good luck with the project. Thank you very yeah, much. No problem. Mm-hmm.